0: Good morning, everyone. It is great to have you with us at Cap City Church. Uh, We're just going to continue this time of worship this morning. Um, As always, we just invite you to, to stand, sit. We just want you to worship freely. We want you to worship where you're most comfortable. So let's just say a quick word of prayer as we continue this time. Father God, we just thank you for all that you do and all that you are. God, knowing that without your son, Lord, we are so unworthy to come before you. God, my prayer this morning is that you would just meet us here in a special way. God, I know that we're all coming from different weeks, different weekends, but God, my prayer is that just for these moments, right now, God, that we may turn our hearts toward you, we may turn our eyes toward you. You are worthy of all that we have to give. Be with us now, in your name we pray, amen. your heart be troubled, hold your head up high, don't fear no evil, fix your eyes on this one truth, God is madly in love with you, so take courage, hold
1: on, be strong, remember where hell comes from.
2: Why don't you have a seat for just a small, uh, just a moment this morning, Cap City Church. Um, here in a second, I'll, I'll go ahead and invite my <coughs> pastors up here. They're going to come up front. Um, you know, we do this on and off. We take some time out to pray during worship. I can't think of a better way to start the new year. Uh, just by show of hands, any goals or resolutions? Do you have any goals or resolutions for 2023? You all give up already? Like, are we good? <laughs> I'm a big goal setter myself. Um, but you know, I, I was thinking through this morning what a new year means, and, and it means that some of us, some of us will start to run, right? Some will start. It won't be me. It might be one of you. Some, some of us will start to run. Some of us will decide that we're going to cut carbs. Again, that'll be one of you. It won't be me. Uh, some of you are going to decide that you're going to read the Bible through this year. That's, that's a good goal as well. Um, but many of us will be paying for a gym membership in February that we aren't using anymore. Uh, many of us will take advantage of the specials that restaurants intentionally have in February if you're not aware of that when they see you falling off the struggle wagon. <laughs> and many of you will give up as you find yourself somewhere trying to get your way through the Levitical law in the middle of February as you're reading your Bible plan. But all of us this year will need Jesus. And, I, you know, we can plan prayer and we can have prayer meetings. But this is what God really impressed upon my heart this morning as I thought about a new year and thought about the service that we were coming into. Uh, I I think it's a great thing to set goals, to make resolutions. We should do it over and over again. I've never been affected very much by January 1st, though, because I serve a God uh, who taught in, in Matthew that maybe we should just have daily dependency. And then we read in the Old Testament that His mercies are new every morning. Not just a new start January 1st, a new start every single day. Um, I let you sit down because I didn't know how long I was going to talk and I didn't want to be rude. But I'm going to ask you to stand back up. Maybe you just needed the exercise. Let's help with the exercise program. But we're going to take some time to pray this morning. And And I would encourage you, if you're heading into the new year, if you're just heading into Sunday morning, January 1st, there might be something that you need to pray about. I know there's something that you need to pray about. But we've got pastors here, you can walk right up to one of them if you'd like somebody to pray with you. If not, you can go right to the altar and kneel and pray. You can pray and worship where you are. I know so many of you know this next song we're going to sing, and it it really tells the story of daily living. And the Course simply says, we just repeat it, this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. There's not a day we don't need Him, church. There's not a day that He's not there ready to provide for us. So just as we enter into a continued time of worship and prayer this morning, let's bow our heads together. Oh, Father, that throughout this place in Cap City, throughout our denomination, God, throughout all the different places that we serve and work and throughout our households, that our story would become one of praising you throughout our days with a great dependency, understanding that in our weakness, your strengths are perfected. God, understanding that we need you every hour, every day, every moment, that your grace that seems to just chase after us, Lord, is something that we cannot live without. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would forgive us for the places where we have become dependent upon ourselves, where we become lifted up and think that we don't need the mercy of a Savior. We thank you for the blood this morning that we sang about that provides our salvation, God. So, Lord, I pray this morning that hearts would be open, Lord that we would just come and humbly bow before you and bring our request before the throne. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Shoot sure. You may be seated.
3: Well, good morning, Capital City Church. How are y'all today? <laughs> Go need a little bit more than that. Happy New Year, and it is good to have you. My name is Pastor Jacob. Um, we are excited for today. Um, today we are going to have some special guests um, from the Papua New Guinea mission field. Um, They also serve in Cambodia and the, let me make sure I got this right, Southeast Asia. Um, We're going to invite the Jenkins up here in a moment, but before we do that, I just want to say, if you haven't experienced missions and been a part of serving with missions, whether you've gone or you've supported them locally, uh, missions is at the heart of God. It is exactly what the Great Commission says, go and make disciples of all nations. And that's exactly what they are doing along with their family. And so we want to give a big round of applause for Erica and Benji Jenkins.
4: Well, it is really good to be here with you this morning. And I'm not sure if it's a West Central District thing now that Pastor Joe started, but my name goes first up here. Usually... In other places it goes second, and that's okay too, but it's kind of fun to be Erica and Benji every once in a while. Before I get into um, what I think the Lord has laid on my heart to say, because I think I tend to follow what he leads and then I forget other things that I'm supposed to say. Um, Out on our table, we do have a few things that we would love for you guys to pick up and sign up for. We have a piece of paper where you can sign up to get our email updates. We send those out once. month once every two months but you get to hear firsthand the first people to get our videos pictures stories so if you'd like to sign up for that we also have some letters out there that talk about a way that you can help um, support one of our needs and it has an updated family picture of course our prayer cards and things are out there as well Um, Benji and I have been serving the Lord in Papua New Guinea for almost 20 years Uh, we have four children I know, we don't look that old, right? (laughs) It's hard to believe. Um, We have four children, and I'll talk a little bit more about them later, but our twins, Mark and Cameron, will be 19 in, in March, and Chloe is 16, and Henry is 14. Those of you who knew them when they were terrorizing your nursery now feel really, really old, I'm sure. But before becoming a missionary, I can honestly say that I had no clue what it meant to trust Jesus. Um, but when I stepped off that plane in Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, started learning pretty quick um, what it meant to trust that he had it, that he had it under control, and he had me in the palm of his hand because that was a pretty scary, scary ride and a very eye-opening experience. Um, You know, Benji and I didn't really know what we were getting into when we said yes, but we just started saying, started by saying yes. As volunteers, Benji said yes to building missionary housing and different buildings for the Bible College, and I said yes to managing a guest house in town. Not what they really teach you in missions classes in college, but we said yes. Returning full-time... We had no idea. <laughs> That's a theme. We had no idea, and we said yes. We had no idea, and we said yes. You'll pick up on it. It's repetitive. Um, we didn't know that God was going to ask Benji to teach at our Bible college. One, one reason was because he hated school. So when God said, hey, Benji, why don't you teach for me in this Bible college? He's like, um, did you, uh, me, are you sure? Um, But we said yes, and God led him to direct the Bible College for many, many years. I said yes to taking care of field finances. I hate math. Um, And, I mean, I hope that you realize that God loves you and has a sense of humor, because he does. He loves me, and he has a sense of humor. I said yes to homeschooling our children And I had gone to school to be a teacher and shadowed a fourth grade class and said, there's no way I can do that. And then God asked me to homeschool my children, um, which was probably one of the most difficult things I've done. Um, And I said yes to teaching women at the Bible College. Through all these times of saying yes, God was showing me how I could trust him. God showed me that I could trust him with my children. God has healed them of sicknesses, he's prevented injuries and diseases, and even when he didn't, he provided medical care in a country where there's 500 doctors for more than 9 million people. Wow, right? Um, he showed me that I could trust him with my life. And, you know, you think of missionaries and you think, you know, we go over there to this, far away place, so we're trusting him with our life. Well, it's sometimes that's the easy part. Sometimes getting on the plane and going is the easy part. But when a thug kicked my legs and knocked me flat on my back when I was pregnant with Henry, and neither one of us were injured, hurt, besides a nasty bruise, God's like, you can trust me. It doesn't mean that there won't be hard times. It doesn't mean that there won't be scary times, but I've got you. You can trust me. He's taught me to trust him with our finances. Over the years, there have been many times where we weren't sure that we were going to have enough in our account to stay on the field to do what we needed to do. But God has always provided through his people to make sure that we could do what he's asked us to do. He's taught me to trust him when I felt ill equipped for ministry which, to be honest, has been most of the 20 years that we've been serving. Um, But I was asked to teach a young woman to read and write and talk pigeon, which is the language that we speak in Papua New Guinea. And I had taught my kids to read and write, but they were children, and that was English. So here is a grown woman with a baby who needed to learn how to read and write because she had come to our Bible college with her husband, and she wanted to be a Sunday school teacher. And so I said, okay, yes, God, I will figure this out, you and me together. And this was during COVID when we had to wear masks. And if you've ever tried to teach somebody phonics or how things sound with a mask over your face, that's really hard. Um, But I'm telling you, God, God was with her and he was with me. And as the months went by, she went from having zero education, never been to school, to being able to read short stories. She could write things down, she could write letters, she could express her words, her thoughts in writing. But the best day was when she came back from break. She had gone home to her home village and she came back and she had the biggest smile and she was, tears were streaming down her face. And she said, for the first time in my life, as the pastor was preaching and reading from the Bible, I could follow along with him in my own Bible and do and read with him. To be honest, we had a little celebration right there in our classroom because that was, I mean, that was the goal, right? That she could read God's word for herself. And now she is enrolled full-time in our Bible college, well on her way to becoming the Sunday school teacher of her dreams. God showed me that I could trust him with my dreams for ministry. I don't know if any of you have ever had a dream of, this is what it's going to look like when I do this thing. Or when, when I do this thing for God, that's how it's going to go. And I, I had those dreams. This is what it was going to look like to be a missionary in Papua New Guinea. And, and for reasons that are the best in God's, he didn't allow those things to happen. But he has shown me that what he has wanted for my life and for my ministry is infinitely better than the teeny tiny little dream that I had for him 20 years ago. But God hasn't stopped asking us to say yes. There was a period a few years ago where I thought, oh, okay, I got this down. Like, I've done this. We, we've done this for, we're veteran missionaries, we're experienced. Like, this, this is, we're good. And he said, when, when did I ask you to stop sacrificing for me? When did I, when did I say that you were done growing? being stretched, saying yes. And that was that was a hard couple weeks there, praying and saying, I'm really sorry, God. You never told me that I was done or that you were done with me. So we are still saying yes to some God-sized things. We've said yes to leading WGM missionaries in Papua New Guinea, Cambodia, South Korea. We are helping support and grow the work in these countries. And there's actually several other possibilities that are coming along and that God is bringing. And if you would have told me at 22 years old that that was down the road, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> but, it, but that's a God-sized thing that God's asked of us. We're saying yes to leaving our children in God's hands. Um, Mark and Cameron, the twins, like I mentioned, they're 19 in March. Mark is starting university at Ohio Christian um, this month. And Cameron is working with a farmer in Fayette County and the surrounding areas and is enjoying that. And when we return to the field at the end of May, they'll be here. And that's going to be hard. Um, But God's shown me how I can trust him, right? Over and over and over again not that it's always going to be easy, not that it's always going to be painless, but that he has us. We're also, God has also presented the opportunity for Chloe and Henry to attend a boarding school in Papua New Guinea when we return. They'll get an amazing education, have lots of opportunities that will prepare them for when it's time for them to stay here in the States. And again, we're not only trusting God with the finances to to afford boarding school for two children. But we're also trusting him, like we've learned to trust him over and over again, that he has them, he loves them more than we do, he wants the best for them, and he will be with them. So I'm so thankful. I remind myself of this, because it sounds pretty good when I say it like this, but it's a reminder to myself as well. Look how you can trust him. Look how he's shown himself faithful. But I'm thankful that he didn't just ask me to say yes. Because you've all been asked to say yes, right? Like God's asked you to to say yes to something. But he also enables us and strengthens us to say yes and to do the yes. And I'm thankful for that. The current yeses are challenging. But I can look back and see God's hand, how he's been faithful, how he's been there in the scary, in the danger, in the dark. And he's been there in the good, in the bright, in the fun. He's proven that he's trustworthy all along the way. And so I know that he will be now. We're going to show you a video of That gives you a glimpse into what life is like in Papua New Guinea, but it also brings in and explains our new role of leadership in the other countries, and then after the video, Benji will come and share with you.
5: So we like to point out that our co-workers actually made that video for us. Uh, it feels wrong for us to show a video where they're talking about us so much, um, but they really wanted to uh, to help us and support us as we were here in the States, and so they they made that video for us. But um, Yeah, so as Erica said, our, our role in our ministry has changed many times over the years, and, and every time we've just had to say yes to God. And, you know, when we first went to the field, I, I went thinking I was going to be Building. My dad's a builder. I worked with him a lot um, growing up. I thought this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build churches. Going to going to just build um, and, and do other you know ministry as needed. And um, you know, pretty quick, uh, I was asked to teach, as Erica said, which scared me to death. Um, but then shortly after that, I was asked to step in as the as the director of the Bible College. And uh, if teaching scared me, then being a director of a Bible College uh, scared me even more. But as I stepped into that that role, um, I really took some time to just kind of pray and ask God what His vision for that ministry would be. Um, our the Bible College at that time was was pretty new. Um, we had we had, it had there had been one in the past that had been out in the a more remote area. Um, this one had been started in town just a couple of years before that, and so I just was. Praying and asking God, what would be your vision for the Bible college? And God gave me a verse at that time um, that has kind of become the, I feel like, the theme of, of the Bible college since then. And that verse is Second Timothy 2 2. Um, if you want to look it up, you can. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it for you though. Um Second Timothy two, two says, Now all am gonna talk, you've been hiding me out in the I've been plenty man. This you must give him Lord money, say, Hold him strong, talk on God. Now by all the up ng schooling my lobman too. Now, I know there's a couple people here that understood that. Most of you probably didn't. I told you you could look it up. That's on you if you didn't. Um, but 2 Timothy 2.2, for those of you who didn't look it up, I'll, I'll give you a rough translation. Um, that, of course, was Pigeon that I was using. Um, but basically, it's, it's Paul talking to Timothy. And, you know, Timothy had been traveling around with Paul. He'd been learning from Paul. He'd been mentored by Paul. And now Timothy is, is being sent out. And, and Paul is telling Timothy, The things that I've taught you now go teach someone else and have them teach someone else as well. And so as I as I was praying and asking God and and really felt like that's what our Bible college was supposed to be, was not just a place to train pastors, but a place to have an intentional discipleship happening and then send them out to disciple others as well and have them send out others again. And um over the years, that, you know, has been, been kind of the theme at the Bible College. We, uh, I always, have, you know, we have, it's a three-year program. We, we have classes. We, we do the things that a Bible College does. But um, I've always viewed it as a three-year intensive discipleship program where we teach them Bible classes as well. Um, because that was our focus. That was what we wanted was to not just train pastors, but to send people out who were going to replicate themselves. So they were going to disciple others as well. And um, through those years, that God definitely blessed, and, and there's some great things happening at our Bible college. Um, but when God asked um, us to step into the role of area team leaders over first Papua New Guinea and then Cambodia and, and now um, South Korea as well, it, it was a bit of a struggle. As Erica said, it's, it's not always easy to say yes to God, even if you've already said yes to God before. Um, and, and so we were just kind of, you know, praying and, and seeking God on that and I was like, well, God, what about, you know, you gave me this verse and I thought this was going to be my ministry of discipling others and having them disciple others as well. Um, I thought that was my ministry. Now you're you're changing that. And God showed me that that my ministry wasn't changing at all. The way I was doing it might be changing a bit, um, but it wasn't changing at all. You see, in my role as as area team leader, I'm now working not just with students at the Bible College, Um, but with a lot more people as well. I'm discipling not just students of the Bible college, but the teachers and staff and our missionaries who work at the Bible college. I'm discipling and working with our missionaries who are holding discipleship programs out in the bush. Um, I'm discipling and, and partnering and working with our missionaries in Cambodia who have started a church plant of mainly young singles and couples who are coming out of a Buddhist culture where... Basically, you get to heaven by your good works. And so this church plan is, is ministering to them this young, this community of young believers, with the intention of sending them out into their communities to reach their families for Christ. We also have there in Cambodia a, a dorm ministry where we have several women who are going attending university living in the church as a, as a dorm where they are being discipled every day by our missionaries so that they can be a witness in the university and in their families when they go back. And I'm able to disciple and partner with our missionary in South Korea who is teaching English at a um, university in South Korea. And every day she is working with university students from all over Asia that have come to this university where she's able to witness to them, share God's love with them, in the classroom and out. And not that long ago, um, there was a student who came to her after class and said, um, you know, I've, I've heard you talk about God and I've, I've seen the way you live and I, it's clear that there's something different in your life. I don't have that, but I wanna know about it. And so she's discipling that, that student. And so it's just been amazing to me to, for God to show me that I can still be discipling young people to go out into ministry, but instead of just being the students of the Bible college, just now a much greater group of people who are being sent out and who are being discipled. And God has really, really blessed us in this role. Um, Erica mentioned even some other possibilities, talking to, honestly, talking to someone just over the last couple of days about um, going into Indonesia. And again, um, working with, with uh, high school students and discipling them and being able to send them out. And so God has really been, been moving, and, and some exciting things are happening throughout um, our part of the world. And we're just glad that God asked us to say yes, gave us an opportunity to be part of it, gave, gives an, has continued to give us an opportunity to disciple and invest in others, and then send them out in the ministry as well. But at the same time, we're also glad that God still gives us the opportunity to minister in Papua New Guinea at the same time. Um, because that's where our heart is. That's where our, our family has grown up, and that's where um, our home is. And just earlier, well, I can't say earlier this year because now we're in a new year. Um, earlier last year, um, in 2022, um, I had the opportunity to teach a class at our Bible college. You know, I used to teach full-time. I ran the college, um, but over the last few years, I haven't done that as much. And I was able to teach a class at the Bible college on animism. I don't know if you guys know what animism is, uh, but basically, it's more or less a religion, just like Christianity is, of worshiping or the fear of spirits. And you would hear it a lot if you, you know, have studied much about African um, villages or or, or cultures. Um, but Papua New Guinea is the same way. And so I teach this class at our Bible college because we want our pastors to really understand what they what their traditions are from, what the what's going on in their the the people that they're going to be ministering to. And so. I you know I always start out the class when I've taught it before and, and this time and bring in the students. Some of them have been pastors before, some of them have never pastored, and um, we talk a, bit, a little bit about some of the the cultural things that you know, there that are there. The you know the fear of of the masali, which is like a basically almost like a bush monster that they believe in. It's a, a spirit that they're afraid of, and they do things to appease it. Um, we talk about the fear of the. The, the spirits of their ancestors, that they do things to keep their ancestors happy so their ancestors will bless them. Um, and we talk about the fear of the Sanguma, which is a bit of harder to explain, but more or less uh, an evil spirit that they that possesses people and then works through those people to to cause harm or even kill um, those around them. And um, these are all spirits that they... they live or grow up in fear of and doing things to appease and so we're talking about all those things and I just you know asking them to tell stories and and one of the guys um he you know he we were telling stories some of them would you know tell tell stories about this little thing they did or that little thing and and he kind of got into it and he's like oh yeah he's like he's like I've got a story and I said okay great and he said uh yeah a few years ago um you know there was a there was a woman because it's typically women who are accused of being um, having the Sanguma spirit. He said there was a woman in our in our village who um, was accused of being a Sanguma. and he said so. I took several other guys with me and we went and killed her. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure exactly how to recover from that in a Bible college class um, when one of my students is a confessing to have killed someone. But we then went through the class. We talked about what. Um, really is going on how basically Satan uses all of those like there are spirits out there but they all are reporting to Satan and they're all working against us as Christians and um, how Satan uses those to cause fear in us so that we will do things like go kill them but more importantly so that we won't trust God so that we won't be have a close relationship with God and um, through the class they, they were learning how they have power over these spirits and over even Satan, if they've got the Holy spirit in them, because he has already defeated Satan. And, uh, and so then by the end of the, by the end of the class, um, you know, after, after four weeks later, or whenever it was, um, on the last day, I was asking him, you know, what are some things that you guys are going to take back to your villages? What are you going to do with this? And different ones were saying different things. And, and, um, uh, this student got up, the one that had shared that, and he said, you know what? He said, the first thing I got to do is go make restitution with that family of the woman that I killed. But he said, I, I've heard that several villages away from my village, there's a, a church who has set up a a basically a facility to house women who have been accused of having sanguma and keep them safe. And he said, I think that that's where God is calling me to go minister, is to those people who have been accused of... Being Sanguma, not just so I can make restitution, he said, but I want to share God's love with them and let them know that God has power over any spirit that might be troubling them and help them pray for peace and pray to be free of that. And so it was just really neat. And I'm, I'm glad that God lets me continue to be a part of our students' lives there at the Bible College in Papua New Guinea. Well, we've shared a little bit about um, what our ministry has been. It's hard to sum 20 years up into uh, just a short time. Um, and so we'd love to answer any questions you guys have after the service. Um, you know, we'll be, we'll be around. Erica mentioned our table out there. Please come ask us some questions. Um, if you're not sure what question to ask, the easy one that most people ask first is, what was I eating in that video? Um, and so feel free to come ask me that one. And uh, we'll be glad to answer that. Um, but we just ask that you guys would also be praying about how God would have you partner with this ministry. Um, we need people who will partner with us. We'll, we'll be really honest about that. We need those who will be praying for us. We need those who will be um, supporting us financially. And um, that can either be through a one-time gift or it can be through regular giving. Uh, many of our, of our sup- or much of our support comes from people who commit to give any amount um, once a month, um, some once a year. Uh, and others do it in different ways Um, but we'd love to talk to you about that and how you can be a part of the ministry and what god is doing you can be part of discipling young men and women in papua new guinea cambodia and south korea as well so thank you
3: well that was uh fantastic as i was listening there i took a few notes and just a few thoughts went through my head Um, But I I love the video because as they were kind of listing all the different accolades and different things that they had done uh, You got little snips of ministry where you saw preaching and you saw baptism But what I loved and thought was beautiful was you saw feet washing Uh, Just that that humble servants mentality is a wonderful thing, but I loved what Erica said She said when we started we didn't know what we were saying yes to but we said yes anyways and um I think that's true as we go into the new year, I think a great resolve, as Pastor Jonathan was talking about, just different things that we can do this year. What if we just resolve that, you know, we're gonna say yes to the things of God. Uh, And maybe for you today, that means supporting uh, Benji and Erica, or Erica and Benji, however you reference that. But you know, what a great thing to support. Um, The church is supporting them, but they also need individual support um but what if we just did that what if we as a church said we will say yes to God you know and and I want you to verbalize it if you are you know feeling something in your heart to say that I want you to just verbalize this I will say yes to the things of God this year say that with me I will say yes to the things of God this year I mean that could change the landscape of our church our community The mission field, if the people of God would just say yes to the things of God. Then she said this. She says, the plans that he has for my life were so much bigger and better than the plans I had for my life. You can trust him. And that's the good thing. That's why you can say, I will say yes to the things of God because you can trust him. Now, if he can take a, 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 a man from Papua New Guinea who had murdered a young lady, and convert him to a missionary who will go and lead others, certainly he can use us. God is still in the business of redeeming his people for good work, all right? And so if you haven't, I would encourage you go out to their table, talk with them, but also there is a magnet on the um, information center desk back there you can get this you can put it on their refrigerator on your refrigerator uh, re- remember to pray for them but also support them and so I would encourage you to grab one of these take it home with you put it on your refrigerator and make sure you go and you speak with them and get a little bit more information about their mission field let's give them one more round of applause At this time, we are going to say goodbye to our online service. And so uh, if you are joining us online, uh, goodbye. And uh, we're going to ask our ushers at this time to come and take up our morning tie.